0: Hi there, I'm Dave Buller.
1: I'm Emily Freeman.
0: Welcome to Don't Miss This. It's our scripture study podcast video cop co- <laughs>
1: <laughs> video, video costs?
0: Video <laughs> Is that a word? Is that even be... <laughs> a word? Video cast? <laughs> well, it's funny because I'll say like, oh, I got to go record the podcast. And people are always like, is it like, is that what you call the YouTube channel? And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. We don't know. Video podcast, whatever. It's both. It's on YouTube and the podcast world. So... Both places. We move through the scriptures. We talk about things we think you don't want to miss. We don't talk about all the things that are in there because then it would be...
1: Five hours long.
0: Right, yeah. So, because Emily has so many favorites. So, we, have, we, have, to, <laughs> we have to pare her down. And, and um, just a couple of things throughout. It's summertime if you're in the top half of the world. <laughs> yes. Shout out to all our New Zealand, Australia folks. G'day. Um But it is... Um, summertime no school up here Which so. Is so fun
1: we have great ideas for you for this uh, yeah. segment for this week and
0: you're know? going to try and go a little bit quicker on them because it's summer and maybe you yeah. kind of want to have at least a quicker idea versions for things you yeah. know so this one um we're calling how can we know the way this is a question that one of jesus's disciples asks his name is um philly Philip. I call him Philly.
1: His name is Philip. In case you've never heard about him before.
0: And 14 starts out interesting because Jesus, um, very first verse, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And, and then gives this imagery of his father's house that has many mansions in it. Almost as if to say, like, listen, there, you've never been to a house like this before, but there's going to be room for all of you. Like, don't, be troubled like things are going to work out everything's going to be okay i'm going there and i'm going to prepare a place for you that you can come also and then it's not really philip well thomas Thomas asks first yeah then philip's going to ask another question but tommy i call him tommy he says (laughs) jesus gave him nicknames (laughs) like plus everyone's (laughs) to call him doubting thomas i'm giving him like a endearing name okay okay he says, Lord, we know not where to go, and how can we know the way? Because he says in the verse before and four, whether I go, you know, and the way, you know. You know where I'm going, and you know how to get there.
1: And I love when Thomas is like, no, no we, I don't. No,
0: we don't. <laughs> like,
1: <what are> <laughs> we don't know where to go. Well, yeah. How are we going to get where we're supposed to be?
0: And that's the question that kind of like um, sparks this whole discussion that will last a couple chapters with Jesus between he and his disciples, right, is... We, we actually don't know where you're going, and how can we know how to get there? Like, teach us how to actually do that. We want to know.
1: Yeah, which I love. I just love that thought, because so many times, I feel like we ask that same question. is like, I want to be closer to Christ, but how do I know the way?
0: And like we were just doing on our other podcasts, we did just this week, or I don't know, the whatever... Um, uh, on Inklings and Revival, Jesus Christ is relief. And I feel like on ours, I don't know if you went into this, I haven't heard yours yet, but just that idea of there is that promise. And in these chapters, there's a promise of of peace, that a kind that the world doesn't give. And there's a promise of comfort and cheer and love, and and there's a promise of relief. And and you hear it spoken, but then your next natural question is like, okay, great, but how do I actually get that?
1: Yes. Yeah, and we love this thought as we start going into this um, about the way. It's so interesting because that word way could have been translated as what is the road that I would walk? Or uh, it could also have been asked like this. How do we progress um, to be able to get where you are? Or this is my favorite of all of them. It's a journey. There is a journey. What is the journey that is going to get me there? And I love that thought of this journey that is going to take place and, and maybe what that journey would look like. Um, I, we had this opportunity to go to Israel, just barely. That almost sounded like people didn't know. <laughs> I realize you know, we've been there. When we were in Israel, I you were going
0: to say, like, the moon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And we were just in Israel. And when we were there, you also know this about me, I'm super intrigued by the Jesus Trail. Like it is on my bucket list of things to do. And if you haven't been watching recently, um, the surprise in the story is when we were there last time, I actually broke both the bones in my leg. And so it's kind of put a damper on my enthusiasm of being (laughs) able to actually do that walk, which David's really happy about because... The walk is 40 miles if you do the whole entire thing which I was up for everybody. Then David said, I won't camp outside. So that started to put a little crimp in my plans. <laughs> just
0: said, we can't do the full full 40 miles. We have a group coming like there wasn't enough time.
1: I felt great about the 40 miles. And but, I
0: didn't push her down the hill. Yeah, he so prayed you know.
1: instead. He was like, please don't don't <laughs> let Emily don't make, make me, do me all walk 40 miles. That's exactly what happened. So I'm just going to tell you one of my greatest regrets right now that I think is so interesting as you think about um, this. We were up at this old synagogue that is just a rocks now. And it's where you have this great view of the Jesus trail. And there was this man on one of our trips named Chip, who I love, and he has the same enthusiasm for life that I do. So it's probably good that we don't see each other every single day (laughs) because he was like, let's walk the trail. Let's walk it right now. I'll do it. I'll do it right now. And it was the end of the day. All we had left was go check into the hotel and um, eat. That's it. That's all we were doing. And the hotel was close. It was like 20 minutes away. And he's like, Who wants to do it? Let's do it right now. And my first inclination was me. I said to Greg, I actually think I might do this with him right now. Would that be crazy? And then Greg was like, no, you can't because we have to get everyone their keys. We have to make sure everyone knows where their dinner is. Plus I was wearing this linen jumpsuit that was like not conducive for in the the, the way the trail was set up, and our Israeli guide was like, "Don't do it right now. You're coming back to do it in June." And I will tell you, one of my biggest regrets is that I did not walk that trail with Chip. Why didn't I? I should have just gone. I would have been able to do it exactly how I wanted to do it, and I could have just soaked it in and and had that experience. And it's made me think to myself: How often does someone say? Do you want to walk this trail with me? Like, do you want to, to come on the way, on the journey? And I'm like, okay, is, is the timing right? Is Am I wearing the right thing? Am I... Like, what are the things that I'm like, well, I actually do. Like, that's on my book bucket list. Mm-hmm. I actually do want to do that. I am inclined toward it. Like, it's on my list of things. To come closer to Christ is actually on my list of things I want to do in this lifetime. Yeah, But that other things get in the way and other people get in the way and not saying any of those people were bad because I love Greg and Elon and they are smart. Um, But I do, it just, it's made me think to myself, I should have walked the trail. I Hmm. should have done it sooner.
0: Well, and you're just kind of making me think about just, you know, in, in first century Christianity and second, and they don't get called Christians for a while. What they called it was the way they actually Hmm. called you know, if I'm a Christian, you know, I'm a follower of the way is what the, those were the words that they actually use. And so it's making me think about this idea of there are so many distractions of to following the way and there will always be reasons not to, and there will be things that will get in the way, you know, of of doing that, of the way, (laughs) (laughs) right?
1: Yes. And, and that is something that I just, I think to myself, we actually have to choose to prioritize probably creating that relationship. We have to prioritize. I am going to walk the way and and I'm going to choose that, um, you know, as part of what I'm doing in my life and we will go back and we will do it. And, um, if it doesn't work out great when we go in June in five years, I'll go back and I'll do it then. But I think I will always hold on to the regret of not accepting that invitation in that moment. And, I don't know where all of you are in your story, but maybe you have someone close to you that is saying, hey, do you want to walk this with me? Let's do it. Let's do it right now. Let's go. We could go. It's so easy. We could leave from right here. He pointed out to me right where we were going to start from. And sometimes I just think you need to have that like Okay, I'm gonna do this. Just
0: begin. I'm just gonna yep, start. I'm gonna do it. And it's interesting because that's how this whole book started. John one was Jesus's invitation that was, yes. "Hey, come and see." And there could have been a lot of like, "I don't have time today. I don't have. I'm be- this, 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 and this." You know, but it really started with. And I think I. Re- I think you meant this, but I would replace your word "easy" with actually "simple." Like it's actually mm. really simple. There that's might be good. some hurdles to overcome. That's true, but it's actually pretty simple. He says, "Just come." Yeah. Like walk the way yes. with me. In fact, his answer back to Thomas in chapter 14, verse 6 is he says, I am the way and I'm the truth and I am the life. You know, that life that he promised that you can live more abundantly and more fully. He's like, I've, it's 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 me. It's in relationship with with me. And I, I had this thought this morning at the gym, you know, as I was just kind of thinking about these chapters coming up that I was like, you know what the best thing about following jesus is jesus that you get to be in companionship and relationship and in his presence like that's the if you want to say like what is the way it's like oh it's walking with him that is actually what it is
1: and that really is so true because i will tell you as much fun as you're going to be on the jesus trail so fun i would have loved it with chip's enthusiasm I really would have. And I love that what he's teaching us here is, who would you rather walk the Jesus trail with than Jesus? Right. That's the best part of the whole trail. It's him. Is him. Yeah. And, and to realize that um, it, it really isn't going to matter. I mean, surround yourself with people who are doing it and doing it well and are bringing that enthusiasm to it. But the most important person on the journey is going to be him, which I love. And, and we love that this is going to take us into this abide, the thought of abiding with him. And what does abiding with him actually look like in a life?
0: So this is, uh, if you don't know brother Lawrence, you can go and, um, read his little book. It'll take you like 25, 30 minutes to read it. It's just like some of the thoughts and things that he learned as he lived. um, First is uh, in a monastery, but then sort of discovered this idea of that, oh, it actually doesn't require you to like separate yourself fully. And this is one of his best lines. He says this, The time of business does not with me differ from the time of prayer. And in the noise and clatter of my kitchen, he was a a cook. That's what he he was. Mm -hmm. In the noise and clatter of my kitchen, while several persons are calling for different things, possess God in a great tranquility as if we're upon my knees at the blessed sacrament. And he's teaching us something about what that, where I guess that way actually is. And he's teaching us that he's saying, listen, it's, it's not somewhere different than where you already are right now. That you can be in the clatter of the kitchen and you can have You can abide in and be in the presence of God. And God can be in in your presence also. We were talking before this started that, you know, we all kind of grow up. And if we were were to ask our kids, you know, um, or ask our classes, like, where does Jesus live? Where does God live? I bet I'd put a little bit of money on this too. So (laughs) text me if you want the over under for this. But that... 90% plus are going to say in the temple, that's his house, or the church maybe, that's his house. And I think it would be really powerful um, to say that is true, but what's also true is he's in this living room, and he's in this classroom. Well, if you're in a church, that's a double answer, but he's in the kitchen, and he's in the car, and he's he's at the school. He's on the sidelines
1: of the football field.
0: Right. That he's, that he is all those places that, that he abides with you wherever you are and you can abide in him wherever you are also.
1: Yeah. And I love, we read about that in John 15 where he, he starts out with like, I am the true vine. That's what he wants you to know. And then he says in verse four, abide in me and I in you because as the branch won't bear fruit, if it's just by itself, um, like if I went out right now and cut that branch off my cherry tree that is blossoming, it's prepared to bear fruit, and I cut it down and brought it in my house, it, that fruit will never come. It, it had the potential, but the fruit will never come. And he's he's teaching you that, that it won't bear fruit of itself unless it is in the vine. And that's the same for you is, um, you can't do that either unless you are abiding in me. But I love that thought where he's like, I think sometimes we get caught up in, okay, if I'm going to abide in him, I need to go to the chapel. I need to go to the temple. I'm going to have to go to the places where he is. And I love his reminder in verse four. No, I will also abide in you, which means I'm in the kitchen. If you're in the kitchen or I'm on the walk, if you're on a walk or I am in the hospital room in the middle of the night, I'm, I can be there. I can be everywhere. And, and I do love that.
0: that That's like, because a lot of times we will talk about like a hospital room experience, you know, that he Mm -hmm. can be there in your tragedy. I actually love that brother Lawrence says in the clatter of the kitchen, like on a Wednesday afternoon, because it's like. It's normal. And is the church and is the temple great places to go and abide in Him? Yes. I, but I don't. they won't happen nearly often enough.
1: Yep. And I love when you told me this quote earlier, there was more to it because you said these two lines that I loved. And maybe we're doing it at the end or if we're not, let's just hint toward him. Because um, he talks about the practice of God's presence. Yeah, that's
0: his line. And the other guy quotes him in the quote in the okay. end. But th- it is his... Yeah. Quote, like, where,
1: where he's like, you need to practice God's presence in you. And so if, if before you haven't seen it in the kitchen, practice experiencing his presence in the kitchen. And I love when he's like, I know what it feels like when I'm taking the sacrament. I know what that presence feels like. So now how do I let him abide in me in all of those other places where yeah. I can say, I can practice His presence in the kitchen, and I can practice His presence in the car, and I can practice His presence on the sideline of a football game. How do I start having that, um, that holy walk in my life and, and allow Him to abide in me?
0: Yeah, and, and it's cool because at the, you go to the very end of John 14. He says this. He's talking with them throughout everything that you'll read in John Chapter 14, and at the very end, he says, arise, let us go hence. Which means the setting for all of these teachings are actually on a walk. Yeah, chapter 15,
1: chapter 16, and chapter 17 are while they're they're walking. Yeah,
0: yeah. so they were in that upper room where they were having the first sacrament all together and clearly were abiding together. But where he's going to teach this is on the walk like down through the Kidron Valley and up to where Gethsemane is and and all of it's so it's like I think that there's a message in the in, in the location
1: mm-hmm. I do that too. he's
0: just like we're we're actually in the in the, in the journey and we're on mm-hmm. the normal streets is where we are and the in these places are where you need to practice God's presence is and that is that's the secret As if you can practice them in the normal places.
1: And you love that as he's walking, as they're having that let us go hence, and then he's teaching them as they go, that there are going to be these mile marker statements that you're going to see in here. And if you read through the Come Follow Me manual, those are going to be called out the same as we're calling them out here in our journal. That he's going to talk about love. He's going to talk about comfort he's going to talk about being one he's going to list out all of these mile markers which i love because when you go to the jesus trail um there's a there's a cairn at the beginning that is like this is it this is where the trail begins in nazareth but then as you we walk need a
0: new word for that a cairn yeah it's just like uh it's
1: too late the whole world knows what it is you just have to have it.
0: I know. I just want to rebrand them.
1: Okay. <laughs> there's a, a different rock day. tower. <laughs> then <laughs> on the way, as you walk, you see this uh, symbol. It's the colors of Israel. That's how you know what it is. But as you're walking, that trail is so narrow as you're walking. And there's a lot right now because it's spring. And so it's been raining. There's a lot of shrubbery that's growing. And so how you guide yourself is by these mile markers that's how you guide yourself to know oh i'm still on the jesus trail or it's called here the gospel trail i know i'm on the right trail because i can see the mile marker that is telling me i'm this is the way yeah and i love that jesus is going to do the same thing like as they're going on this walk he's like okay here's how you're going to be able to tell the way
0: or if i maybe another way if you're if you're In my presence, these will be the fruits of my presence. Yes. Wherever you are, right? In all the different places that you may be, because it doesn't have to be on this specific road, right? But like if you're in the way, if you listen to the podcast, I just did quotes, right? If you're in the (laughs) way, if you're in relationship with me, in any of the places it could be,
1: this is what it looks like. This is
0: what you'll experience, yeah, Yeah. and what it'll look like. This
1: is what it looks like. And I love that um, so much as we think about that. And so, We were talking, and just because it really is the first week of summer for a lot of people, um, or nearing it, and the weather is finally getting good, I don't want to jinx it. (laughs) Um, But the weather is finally getting good. That maybe you want to do this on a walk. Like maybe you don't want to just sit in your house, but you're like, okay, let us go hence, and you're going to grab everybody, and it would be super fun. In the journal, um, we've given you this page where you're going to be able to go through and it's going to list those standout points. Love, comfort, cheer, abide, be one. Um, and and you could use this two ways. One way you could use this is as you're reading 14 through 17 to just feel you're going to see love mentioned so many times. You're going to hear um, counsel about the Holy Ghost and the comfort he brings so many times. And cheer and being one and abiding. And maybe you're just going to write your favorite
0: verses and what it's teaching about those.
1: But the other thought would be um, to cut these out, to copy this page or print it out from the newsletter and put on there. We also captured our very favorite verse about each of these mile markers along the way that maybe you would read and then say these two questions. This is how he did it. And then ask this, how will you do it? This is what it feels like to walk with him. Now, how could you show that same thing to someone else so that they would be like, oh, I love the way you're going.
0: Mm -hmm. I
1: love the way you are Mm -hmm. living. I want to be part of what that feels like. And so we're just going to go through each of these words. Some of the things we loved about each of these words as we think about this and, and call out those favorite verses that we have, but you might have a different favorite verse as you go through. And we'll start with love. And we just want to be, as we get to each of these, be thinking about that. How will we know the way and that, okay, one sign of the way is love. Yeah. This is how he did it. How will you do it?
0: So I would start if, so one verse that we picked out for this one is, uh, um, verse thirteen. And in my mind I'm like, Where is that one? Because that by this shall all men know.
1: Yes. That you ye are
0: my disciples. Well, I can't remember where that is, but um that's that second part of it. Yeah. Right? The first part of it is look at thirteen. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And you are my friends, is is what he says. And and, and clearly the the greatest and, and highest moment in time when that happened is when jesus literally laid down his life for us his his friends and he says you're going to experience that kind of love that sacrificial um no limits kind of love from me always Uh, um, um accepted encouraged corrected whatever that love is going to look like he's like you you're gonna feel it that's part of living in relationship with me is that you're going to feel like my friend, and and you're going to feel that love. In fact, the name that we chose for Jesus um, this week um, for your poster um, on on the printout and in your journal to kind of study is friend. He's like I, I want to be a friend. And the Greek of that is words like a dear friend, a fond friend, an associate, a companion. Um, you can't hear the word companion without thinking of like a missionary companion, and mm. and the how that's a or or people will call their spouse that sometimes this is my companion and it's it it kind of gives the idea of always of consistency of but I do love those first two ones the best yeah um, I, d- I pulled to you and touched the screen um, <laughs> like a dear friend fond like I know yeah. you really well I've you know well and
1: there's something that is really sweet about having a true friend that like have you ever had someone say to you you don't need to do that for me um i don't need you to do that and the answer back is well that's what friends do yeah yeah that there is just something unspoken or unwritten about what a friend will do and often um that does require setting aside your life for someone else in that moment and saying out of what I could be doing right now and what I should be doing right now, I choose you over me. That's friendship. And it's just such a beautiful thing to think. That's love. I choose you over me Yeah. right now. That's what uh, love looks like. And he showed it so well. He showed that way so well. Of, I choose you over me is just the way he lived always. And... That's something I want to be better at. You know, don't you just think I I want to be better at? I choose you over me in every situation that I'm in.
0: Yeah. And then you just, and then it's almost like a call. um, And it's almost like a natural response, too, to be so loved in that way. Then you begin to lay aside your life for others and become that same kind of friend. And I just expect that you would not only experience the love of the Father and the Son, in the sacrificial kind of love, right? Sometimes you kind of think like, well, why do they have time for someone like me? Or why would they Mm -hmm. care about my... And it's like, actually, you'll start noticing that they do care and that they do have time for you. Like, that's what it means to live in their presence is to experience that. But you'll also see it and and be inclined to give it, you know? And that would be that great second question is like, well, how will you lay down your life? And... Not like in a death way, but yes. just like one hour at a time. How yeah. will you lay down your life one hour at a time for for someone else?
1: Yeah, and for what they need, and and for um, what that brings to the table. as such a covenant way of living.
0: Yes, that's a word I was thinking. Yeah. yeah,
1: of just looking out for, and and we can't all we can't all be the giver all the time. Sometimes you are going to be the one in need. But I love when Mary Ellen Edmonds said. Hopefully at those times, there is a covenant person within reach. And I just love that sometimes we're the one who needs the care. That is true. Um, But sometimes we are the one who's called to lay down whatever our busy is in that moment and give that genuine care. And that's part of the way. That's the mile marker. That's what we're looking for is a people who would do that. I love this next word that is going to be comfort. And um, we read, and I didn't write down the verse, but you might know where it is. Oh, I, will I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And there's just something beautiful about that kind of comfort is I, I'm not going to leave you on your own. It's um, this
0: second one.
1: I would come to you. So John 14. Yeah,
0: 14, um, 18.
1: 14, 18. Um, that I would come to you. And I love um, that word comfort can be a consoler. Don't you love the thought of just that consoling that would come, that it's not necessarily going to take away whatever that path looks like right then, but it's going to console you along the way.
0: Or that translation, comfort, comes from the Latin com fortis. Fortis means strength, and with strength is what that means. Like someone's going to bring strength into a situation. And that's really powerful. That what you just said is that it, it doesn't take away the situation. But it does bring you strength while you're facing it. And that is, would be a mile marker of the way. is knowing that like, wait, my situ, I might, I will, not I might, experience tragedy. And I will experience heartache. And I will experience sickness. And I will experience death. Like all of those things I'll experience. But his promise is, I will bring you strength in that place. Remember that, that prayer that Emily prayed and I, I wrote about it on my Instagram once, but I wish I could remember the exact line, which says, give me enough strength for the next few steps of mortality. Mm-hmm. And that's a promise. His promise is like that you will be strengthened for whatever it is that you are facing. And I, Don't you feel like that's true? That it's like, if you're at a time of grief, some, a friend will come and hug you and that hug did not take away mm. the death, and it yeah. didn't take away the debt and the problem and, and the whatever it was, but it but it brought you strength, you know, to be yeah. able to face it. There's something there's yeah. something about it. I love it.
1: that, and I think it's so interesting because he's introducing them to a new concept right now, and so this thought of the comfort that is coming or the comforter that is coming. Um, he he keeps circling back to it. He's like, I need you to know I'm not leaving you um, alone in this. I wouldn't do that. That's not what I would do is make you try and figure this out on your own, that I'm actually going to send you the comforter. And he keeps telling them over and over again, which makes me wonder how many times Thomas was like, but how will we know? Yeah. <laughs> how will we know the way? And I went through one of the times that I was reading these four chapters and just wrote down, what is the role of the comforter? Uh, What is this comfort that's coming? Because sometimes it's consoling through grief, but it's also, um, this, here are some of the jobs that I wrote down. He will teach you all things, which I love that. How, How do I parent well along the way? How do I, um. Help others along the way. How do I minister along the way? I love that he's like, oh, I'm going to send you someone who will teach you uh, along the way. So be comforted. You don't need to worry about that. Someone's going to come who will teach you. Um, I love one of his jobs, he says, is to bring things to remembrance, which I also love the thought of that too, because sometimes when you're walking the road, you're like, this part's too hard for me, or "I I actually don't have the capacity for this right now that he would be like, Oh, let me help you remember that time when you actually learned everything you needed for this part of the trail that you're on. And let me also bring to remembrance times when I have strengthened you. So if I have done it before then, why would I not do it now? I love that. He's like, Oh, the one who I'm sending you is going to bring things to your remembrance that will strengthen you. Um, he says he will guide you. In all truth, I'm sending you a guide. Um, I, I love this too. He's going to show you everything that's coming. Like he, he he will prepare you. I love that he's like don't like don't be so worried about the way. Mm. I'm actually sending you someone to help you along the way. And he just it comes back over. It's not all in one little spot. It's almost as if he's like oh and listen, if you run into something like this, I'm sending you someone who can help with that. And if, you, if something like this is in the way, I'm sending you someone who can help with that. I loved that part of comfort that um, there is someone coming who's going to help you.
0: And it's cool because he um, says, like if you go to 16.7, John, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. I think it's really funny that he starts <laughs> something like that. He's like, almost as if he's saying, listen, what I'm about to tell you, you're not going to believe. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Okay? Yes. I'm telling you the truth. Um, and you'll see throughout the chapters, verily, verily, which means truly, truly. Like, yeah. listen, listen, yes. listen, you're not going to believe this. It's expedient for you that I go away. For if I, not, for I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And I can already argue back, you know, because what he's saying is, which would you rather have, me by your side or the spirit in your heart? Which one? And that's an easy you is what people are going to say. And he was like, no, I actually promise you what you want is that spirit in your heart is, is what you want. And it's interesting that, that he just has to remind him and tell yeah. him how good this yeah, is going to be. And I love
1: that he's like, I'm not lying to you. You're going to love him. You know, like, something good's coming. Yeah. Something good is coming. And
0: it will happen in a way. There's something about you journeying and abiding with me without me being physically next to you, but in your heart and in your story and in your presence, that's going to be more powerful than me actually walking next to you.
1: Yeah. Um, I love this word cheer so much. And I think sometimes we accidentally, when we say the word cheer, we want you, you put the synonym as happy or joy or that kind of feeling. And I love it in the Greek. It actually means courage. I'm going to send you courage. And comfort, that's that's what cheer is. And it makes me think of an encourager,
0: mm-hmm. that
1: that's what, when you're on the way, you'll know it's the way, because there will be encouragement happening there. And you're going to fill it from me. I will bring you good cheer. I will encourage you. But also we should be encouraging others along the way, um, wherever they happen to be on that Wrote, and I love when he says this in verse 33 of John 16. In the world, you will have tribulation. I love that he's like, your life is not going to be easy. The way is not easy. You're going to have tribulation. But he says, be of good cheer or feel encouraged right now because I actually have overcome the world. I've overcome those hard things. So you're going to feel them but they're not going to destroy you um, on the way. And I just love that thought of that encouragement factor should be part of the way. Because sometimes I think we forget it. It reminds me of that quote by, I think it's Martin Luther who said it, where he says, each of us um, has a place in this battle and we all have to stand at the place that we have been assigned. But there's nothing that prevents us from calling out encouragement to each other. And I love that thought of just how do we encourage it. It reminds me of that bishop I had many, many, many years ago, like decades ago. And we were sitting in a um, bishop's office talking, and he said, um, we were going through the names of people who were struggling just with hard things. And he would ask the same question every time is anybody cheering for them? Mm. And then he would list down who was cheering for them. And as long as he felt like they had enough people cheering for them, he would move on. And if they didn't, we would stay there until he felt sufficient, which is so interesting. Greg and I last week were having a talk last Thursday, um, as we were getting ready in the morning and we were just talking about people who carry really hard things. And as we talked and we were talking it out and, and how had we seen people get through hard things like that with success, uh, we started just thinking about our own kids. And one of the things that was true for us and particularly with Garrett, as he was trying to make that transition through a really rocky path, is it was actually bigger than what he could handle. And it was also bigger than what Greg and I could handle as in that guardian role. It was too big for us. It it could have destroyed all three of us. And what worked is other people joined the circle of people who were cheering for Garrett Mm. until there was this team of people that we all helped the other person cheer Garrett on. And he made it through that rocky patch. But it's such an interesting thing we were talking about, Greg and I, because those, most of those people were men in the ward who were between the age of 25 to 40 would be my guess. And they just circled in and they became part of that group that helped. And now Garrett's older and he's married and he has two kids and he works with the priest quorum. And, and his life is the way is a little bit easier now than it was. But those men have not left his circle and I love that every year they will sign up for an away game with him and they all fly in from wherever they are and they go out to dinner the night before and they spend time together and that assignment um, became not like a one-year assignment on a piece of paper we've got to be responsible for this but it became their life was that and I had said to Greg what if we are doing ministering wrong? What if we're stopping, what if we're starting top down and we're like, I'm going to give you two people and I'm going to give you two people and I'm going to give you two people and that's your assignment for the year. And I said to Greg, what if someone needs more than two people? What if someone needs seven people? Mm. Remember Lot? Yeah. He needed 315 people. That is what it took to save Lot And I said to Greg, maybe ministering is actually smart, supposed to start from the bottom up.
0: Yeah. Like maybe you're supposed first. to look yeah. at the
1: person and do like that bishop did. Is anybody cheering for them? Okay. How many people do they actually need to cheer for them and then start making assignments? Or I want to say invitations. Could, could you be part of the team that is cheering on Garrett? Okay like this. And then all of a sudden you're like, what is the need? Is this a one person need? Is this a five person need? Is what is the need? Mm. That's ministering. Yeah. That's what it, that's encouragement along the way. And it, it's just, it's made me for a week and a half. I just keep thinking, okay, ministering really, it, it really does need to start from the need instead of from the assignment.
0: Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So I think in each of these, I think it's just important to come back to and say, this is what you will experience. You will experience this good cheer in the midst of tribulation. But then there's also seems to be in the way a call to now encourage yeah. others.
1: Yeah. How should you do it? Yeah.
0: How should you do it? Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, okay. John chapter 17 is is a, a chapter that's called the, the so many different things. We call it a lot of times the intercessory prayer. I've heard it been called before the prayer of our high priest, which Mm -hmm. is so sweet to think of where he's just kind of comes in. And as part of this prayer, there are two parts to it that I think are really powerful. The first one is that verse three that's in John 17, which um, almost we want to end on. So I, I think we go to 21 and 22 where he says, this is part of his prayer. It's a prayer for his disciples it's a prayer for those of us who are trying to walk in the way and he says I and I don't just pray for them alone verse 20 but for them which also will believe on me through their word anyone who comes into this path I'm praying for all of them and that's a this is a prayer for you and for me and he says that that they all may be one as thou father are in me and I in thee that they also may be one in us and and there's something that's so sweet about that because, you know, you just see some friendships and some circles of people that you like long to be a part of and 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 I love that the father and the son have the the most admirable and like can I say coveted kind of relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. You
0: know, and and that they don't think you're going to ruin it. And yes. you come into the circle.
1: Yes, I love that so much.
0: And, and they're It's like, not
1: exclusive.
0: Right. It's inclusive. Right. And it was like, we want you a part of this. In fact, it won't be as good without you. And, and that's his prayer. His prayer is that we can all share in this same sort of devotion and love and friendship and comfort and cheer mm-hmm. with, with each other. Let's all experience this, you know, all together. You're invited in. Um, and there's something about there, there's Zion is like that. That's the word that Joseph seemed to use to like try and encapsulate what that might look like, you know, all together. And so there is that that's prayer. Um, that's part of this. It's a marker of this, you know, that you will be in this fellowship, you know, not with just the father and the son, but with all those who choose to walk this way. Together.
1: Which I love that because it's so fun. Those, we love those journeys where 85 people join. You yeah. want to walk to the temple? Let's take 85 people with us. You want to tour Jerusalem? Let's take 94 people with us. You know, it, it, it just is it's more fun the more people. And I love that that's Jesus' personality. Right. It's more fun with more people.
0: Yeah. One of the marks of the way is, and and the the fruits of his presence are, is inclusion. You will feel a part of it. You will not feel like an... out. You will have all of your own arguments of why you shouldn't be included, but if you will take time to really listen, you'll notice all of those arguments are coming from you and none of them are coming from him Mm. because he will actually have a rebuttal to every single one of them. And then there's the call, right, which says... Okay, now, now go and do that with yes. others. Like bring them all in. Um, that verse that I skipped that's so good is 17.3. That Jesus says in this prayer, this is life eternal. And I I think it's so rad that he doesn't say, and that will be life eternal. Yes. It's a present tense yep. experience. This is life eternal. That they might know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou has sent to be in this deep abiding relationship with them, you know, to experience comfort and cheer and love and friendship and all of those things. Like that's what it, that's what I'm saying when I say life eternal and you can have it, brother Lawrence says, in the clatter of the kitchen, it can be experienced um, anywhere. Um, Before I read this, I just, while you were talking about that cheer and I, That this line from, um, oh my gosh, Lord of the Rings.
1: Oh, I can't wait.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like stumbled upon this years ago and I thought about it when you were talking about that chair and it reminds me of this whole concept of what it looks like to abide in, to experience life eternal. Pippin is one of the um, hobbits Mm -hmm. and Gandalf, you remember, is the wizard and he's kind of seen. It's almost like this uh, Jesus type figure you know, in the books. And it says this, Pippin glanced in some wonder at the face now close beside his own, for the sound of that laugh had been gay and merry. Yet in the wizard's face, he saw at first only lines of care and sorrow. Though as he looked more intently, he perceived that under all there was a great joy, a fountain of mirth, enough to set a kingdom laughing, were it to gush forth.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And Jesus is literally in in the in the hills of gethsemane and on the eve of crucifixion and his words are of comfort and cheer and love and friendship yes he has tribulation but he's showing them what that looks like there will be care and there will be sorrow but underneath it all is is a sort of joy that would set a kingdom laughing if it were to were to gush forth um this guy, Dallas Willard, who you might want to become fake friends with or real friends if you ever find him, but he said this about this whole idea and concept and what it might look like to a pragmatist who's asking, like, remind me again, how do I do that? I want to experience yeah. that gush. I want to experience all of these things. And he says this, the first and most basic thing we can and must do is to keep God before our minds. This is the fundamental secret of caring for our souls. Our part in thus practicing the presence of God is to direct and redirect our minds constantly to Him.
1: Which I want that to be the new definition of repentance. Don't Direct you?
0: and redirect your mind constantly to Him, yes.
1: That is repentance. Yes. It's to direct and to redirect your mind constantly to Him. And then when you talk about practicing daily repentance... You're like, oh, this is what I'm practicing is directing and redirecting my mind constantly to him.
0: And this next line makes you think like, oh, and it is to something better, right? He says, in the early time of our practicing, those of us who are on day one of this, here's your encouragement. We may well be challenged by our burdensome habits of dwelling on things less than God. They are going to keep coming back to us. It's what happens. But then here's this good news. But these are habits. They are not the law of gravity, and they can be broken. A new grace filled habit will replace the former ones as we take intentional steps toward keeping God before us. Soon, our minds will return to God as the needle of a compass constantly returns to the north. If God is the great longing of our souls, He will become the pole star of our inward beings.
1: Oh, the way. Right. It's the way. It's also the best definition of repentance I've ever heard in my entire life.
0: Both of them. So, so this is the invitation. This is the call. This is walk and live in in the way. We both w- went to a um, um, the launch of our friend Emily's new um, charitable part of her business. Serenoni is a, a business that she runs in. And uh,
1: it was the sweetest story too when you think about the way because she talked about. Um, her and her husband have a business where they create blankets. And a long time ago, they decided the they wanted The to... fluffy and
0: bestest blankets oh, that are on they really the are. planet.
1: And they um, thought about people who were going through cancer and particularly, particularly the infusions where they're so cold. And they were like... Her husband was like, I don't want to do something far away from us to, to care for people. I want to care for people here. And so they came up with this plan that they were going to donate these blankets, particularly to people who were in cancer centers um, and going through those infusions um, that they would have that, that just soft comfort. And, and I love that they call their program, that they care. That's what it is. And what they didn't know is four months into that plan, her husband would be diagnosed with cancer and die within weeks before that plan was even fulfilled that that would be their story and their experience. Anyways, continue on. I just want to make sure you got that yeah, fun beginning. Bit.
0: Right. And and well, I just sat there and she, she stood there and she shared that story. And that story had elements of the, the two of them and their family wanting to comfort and wanting to cheer and wanting to love others. That was like part of the story. And then as she told it, she talked about her friend um, who makes this beautiful jewelry made by Mary, who found out about her husband's diagnosis and gave a necklace that said faith over fear to her. And then she talked about like just other people in the room who had given cheer Mm. and comfort and and love. And, And it was so, like I sat there and I just watched it and I watched her and she stood there like a woman who's been through just... A tragedy no one ever wants to experience. But she stood there with like the grace of a queen, Mm -hmm. you know? And she was like steady and and just soaked in faith. And I was like, that is what it looks like to walk the way.
1: Well, and also, I thought this when we were standing there, and now it's coming full circle. um, Because you know what she probably would have said? I didn't want to walk this way. You know, it was so tender watching her talk about losing her husband so quickly. And yet they had been called to that way long before they walked it. They had been called into it. It, They felt that pull um, to that place and that she did walk it with so much grace. But sometimes I wonder if he says to us when we say, I don't want to walk this way. If his reply would be, I actually need you to. Because you are going to bless this way for so many other people who come behind you. And it just was such a remarkably sweet afternoon to watch people actually living the way, not at church, mm-hmm.
0: but in the kitchen,
1: in their yeah. business, in their profession, and, and no matter where they were in their spiritual walk, to actually be giving love. And cheer and strength and comfort. Like you stood in that room and you were like, oh, this is the way. Yeah.
0: Amen. You felt it and it drew you in. Mm. Like, you know, you were like, I, 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 I want to walk this same road. Yeah. So, um, happy summer, beautiful chapters. We'll see you next week. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This.
1: Also, sign up for our newsletter at Don't Miss This Study.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler.
0: Thanks for listening. Bye.